Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empowering a community through the mission in their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome, listeners, to our very first episode of the 2019 year of the In Awe Podcast. With a fresh year, we begin another series, this one titled In Awe of New Beginnings. One of my favorite movie quotes is from the movie Hope Floats, where it ends stating, beginnings are usually scary, endings are usually sad, but it's what's in the middle that counts. So when you find yourself at the beginning, just give hope a chance to float up, and it will. If you're unfamiliar with that movie, it's one I highly recommend, and a storyline not completely unlike some of the guests we will feature in this series. By sharing their stories, we can all seek the hope in whatever new beginning we may find ourselves, knowing that there are others who understand that fear and can help us overcome it to get to the parts that count. Our first guest is Kristen Kuhlman, and listeners, I couldn't be more excited to bring this woman to you today. Kristen came into my own life at a time when I was in desperate need of a community through a Voxer group she started in search of her own community. What developed from there is an incredibly tightly woven group of women who God clearly brought together as we grew professionally, personally, and spiritually together. This group has been my go-to tribe throughout each phase of my own leap of faith and into this new space. Kristen's positive outlook on life, her wisdom, and her experiences provide a model for so many of us who are connected with her, and I know you will understand why after listening to her story today. Kristen currently serves as a high school principal in Andover, Kansas. She earned her bachelor's degree in education from Kansas University, her master's in educational administration from Emporia State University, and her doctorate in educational leadership from Kansas State University. She has been trailblazing as a woman in educational leadership for over a decade and a half with a bright smile and contagious laugh. In this episode, Kristen shares how she has been able to take the division of a family and reframe a situation that is crippling for many into a positive way of life. She shares with us her experiences in staying true to her leadership style when that is challenged, and Kristen inspires us in her conviction to be a model for other females. Through her story, we learn how we too can take something that ends and make a positive new beginning. I am so excited to welcome Kristen Kuhlman to the In Awe podcast. Did I pronounce your last name right, by the way? You did. Coolman is correct. Yes. So I got connected with Kristen, I don't know, probably a little over a year ago in a group for women in secondary education. And Kristen is just full of wisdom and experience. And I'm so excited for our listeners to come to her story today. So Kristen, would you be willing to share what your current context is? Absolutely. Oh, I am up to so much, Sarah. Uh, First of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on here. It's an honor. And um, my current context is I'm a Kansas girl. I have been born and bred in Kansas, and I am currently in a suburb of Kansas in Wichita. Um, and I work in Andover, which is kind of a, a east side suburb of Wichita. I'm a high school principal at Andover High School, and I'm a mother of two beautiful children. And I work on the east side, live on the west side. So I am kind of becoming a true native of where I live now. And it just feels really good to have a home again, because I'm around a lot too. So 
So when you reference that, Kristen, you are, as you know, being featured on the New Beginnings series. Would you be willing to unpack that a little bit about why you might be featured here? Sure. You know, when you first talked about that I might be featured on a New Beginnings podcast, I immediately thought that is so me because I feel like my life has just been an absolute series of new beginnings, you know, starting from my childhood um, all the way up to just three years ago. So I feel like I'm constantly in motion and I'm always looking for um, the next thing, sometimes intentionally, sometimes it's not intentional. It's just given to me and I have to figure out how to make that new beginning positive. It's one of the things that I've really appreciated in your mentorship in my own life is hearing about how you make that positive. And I know that you'll be able to share with the guests um, some personal things regarding that, that they'll really be able to connect with and learn from you today. Well, I hope so. I hope so. One of the things that I know you are known for in terms of guiding some of our group through is talking through family issues. And so I think that would be a really great place to start if you're willing to share how you've made a new beginning there. Oh, absolutely. I was uh, married for almost 19 years. And like so many people, I, you know, the marriage just started to kind of fail, um, not for a lack of trying. Um, I'm very much a supporter and believer in marriage and loyalty. And, you know, it, we had two beautiful children together as well. And unfortunately, um, after trying for a number of years, we decided, you know, what were we trying to do? Were we trying to just keep that square peg in a round hole? And so we made the decision to divorce, which of course is going to have an impact on any family. But, you know, what I always like to say is that we reorganized our family. And I know that I am not probably in the norm for how divorce happens. But fortunately for me, I always had a very great friendship uh, with my now ex-husband. And we knew that divorce was not something that our children asked for. Divorce was something that we decided to do as adults. And we wanted to make sure that they understood that no matter what our marriage was defined as or lack thereof a marriage, we were always a family. So we decided to make it more of a, okay, we're going to reorganize our family. We are forever your mother and father. We will forever care about each other. And I think that has been a really powerful thing. Um, I wish we weren't the minority, but you know, one day we were talking about it and I said, you know, there's no rules when it comes to divorce. You know, it's not, I don't have to hate you and you don't have to hate me. And our kids are always gonna see us as mom, dad. So something that we do actually is uh, every year on our, um, what used to be our anniversary, I now wish him a happy family day because I truly believe that we were brought together to create these two beautiful children. And we just look different now. I, I really hate the term broken family because I don't think we're broken. I think we're just reorganized a little bit. And I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of how we've been able to uh, make that work. 
uh, my ex-sister-in-law is still a very good friend of mine. She was one of my very best friends um, since college. And she says, you need to do a show called Divorce Doesn't Have to Suck. So <laughs> well, that can be our sub. That could be our subtitle. There you go. Divorce Div- doesn't have to divorce suck. Doesn't. So, yeah. you know, it's just we made a something that could have been really, really awful. And it's still I'm not saying that our divorce hasn't had its moments. You know, it's always something that creeps up. But I think we've made something that ended um, a better beginning and we're able to get along and we have, you know, family or, you know, families together. I um, have a new man in my life. And, oh, my gosh, the two of them were texting the other day because they have some things in common. And I thought, wow, this is crazy. But I'm I'm blessed and I'm thankful. They also have their names so close in common with the exception of one letter. It was interesting to try to keep the two straight when we first started connecting, Kristen. I can't keep the two straight. So my ex is Ron and the current man (laughs) of my life is Rod. And I can't tell you how many times I've texted one or the other wrong. So it's kind of a joke now. (laughs) Yeah, that could put you in some interesting situations. It, It has. Yeah. One of the observations that I kind of make about listening to your story, Kristen, is that it takes two. To, and, and in fact, probably more than just two to make that happen. But the two of you made that intentional commitment and have stuck to it. And so for the listeners here who may be you know, at the start of a divorce or in the middle of a messy one or you know, even on the other side of it, much like you are, your story matters because it reminds us that we can do this and that our children can come through this challenge of what is essentially an adverse childhood experience, really, positively. Would you be willing, I know you shared one example about, and I love that, by the way, Happy Family Day. That's beautiful. But is there something that you would share even just a little bit more about any even the intentionality you had as a mother through that process? Um, When we decided to divorce, we were living in um, Emporia, Kansas. And um, I knew that I probably needed to start fresh somewhere. And I had um, sought out the job that I'm currently in now, which is about an hour away. And so when we decided to divorce, um, I also made the decision that I needed a fresh start, a new beginning um, and a new job. And we really sat down as a family and I said, look, I'm going to take a position an hour away which I was right off the highway, literally door to door. And that's going to have an impact on my kids. It's going to have an impact on my ex-husband and their dad. And the kids were like, no, mom, we want you to go for that. You know, that's great. And I had to make the decision to continue to do what I thought was best for me in my professional life and even in my personal life a little bit. And I can get to that. But um they all supported me to move away from my kids and allow them to stay with their father. And Kenzie was, a, I think, a junior. She's going to be a junior that year. And, of course, what upperclassman wants to leave their home base? You know, I could have had her come to my high school. It wasn't for a lack of trying. I sure tried. But ultimately, it's not about me. It's about what's best for her. And she wanted to stay with her father and finish out her high school career and 
and it worked. We made it work. I came home for events as often as I could. I think I missed a few things. Um, my son at the time was a fifth grader. Um, he struggles in school and change was not always easy for him. And we felt like changing him in fifth grade was not going to be the smartest thing to do. Uh, because he would be starting middle school in sixth grade here. So he ended up coming with me for his sixth grade year. He's now in seventh grade. And so his father now actually lives closer um, in El Dorado. We're about 10 minutes apart now. And my daughter has now gone off to college. So we have always just kind of made it work. Um, But they know that my professional life is important to me um, because I love what I do. And that's how we worked that out. And it, it worked okay. And you know, my daughter even wrote a scholarship essay on children of divorce. And it wasn't about how horrible her life was. It was about how she grew as a person. And she had to do things on her own sooner. And although she missed me, it, it grew her. Just someone who's kind of been on the sidelines and growing along in friendship and listening to you over the years, Kristen, you're children have not lacked for your presence. I know one of the things that kind of always inspired me as a fellow female high school principal with all of the activities that you go to, you were always devoting yourself in a way that provided your presence at your high school, but then also Kenzie's many theater experiences, dance experiences, all of the, all of the things. And so just watching you be really intentional and immersing yourself in all of that space, I think that seems to be the fruit of all of that labor that you had to do the grind. I mean, it's not easy. It was tiring, but it was really beautiful to watch you kind of walk through that in those years. And knowing that I had um, small children, it just always felt like, how can I do this? It felt impossible, but you made it look possible. Oh, thank you. You know, I've, I, they don't know me as, other than being an administrator. You know, I've been in the field for 16 years, so it's not new for them. You know, I will say I did, I did experience some criticism for this too, though. Can to give us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I just, I think as a woman, um, you know, there's not a lot of high school female principals, as you know. Uh, it, it was interesting because I, I took a job um, away from my children and there was a lot of judgment around that. You know, how could you leave your kid? Um, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, there are military mothers and fathers that leave for years on end and they make it work. And there are uh, fathers who leave for the week and come back on the weekends. I mean, it's it's possible and it's doable. But I think as a woman and as a mother, there's always some criticism and judgment that you have to endure. Um, I... I was criticized in my new position by people in my building, you know, because how dare I not have my kids go to the same school that I was at? Um, You know, it was just there was definitely some judgment there. And I had to do and I had to do what was good and healthy for me rather than what looked good to others. I just feel like we need to put a gold star right on that statement, because when we've talked through some of these issues before, I've just always really appreciated your perspective and what you just shared is so important. It's, it is a gender issue. Those of us that walk that 
probably understand it a little bit better. But when you said that you had to do what was healthy for you, venture to say, Kristen, that had you not been doing something like that, maybe the whole situation would not have worked out so well because we need to be a healthy vessel in order to pour out to everybody. It's the truth. And that's the gold star. I heard a quote recently that was, we have to work as if we don't have kids and have kids as if we don't work. I've seen that recently myself. And I know that that resonates with working mothers. And just to share with you, it's interesting to me because I encounter a lot of people right now. And for me, I'm building a business. I'm working more right now honestly, than I had been because I have so many different fires going that I'm trying to figure out. So it takes a lot of effort. And it's always interesting to me when I see people out in the community and they're saying, oh, I literally heard this the other day. Is it nice to be a mom again? And I thought that was a tough one. It was a tough one to hear because I really you know, poured myself pretty hard into my children, even with that high school principal job. And especially in that last year, again, talking through this with you over time, I was always trying to be intentional, but it was hard not having my kids in the same building for sure. But people see that and I, I can relate to that. I bet you're not the only one. And it's not just educators. It's not just... Um, female principals or female teachers. It's its any profession. This is a continuous um, struggle for our gender. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Another interesting piece to unpack with this a little bit is I love how we can kind of see how that aligned, the, the paths aligned. And here you are, you made this bold decision that was a healthy thing for you, which ended up being a healthy thing for your family. And now you have Maddox there with you and this kind of beautiful, uh, organically driven family. Could you share just a little bit, Kristen, about maybe how you had gotten to your career path at the time? Because I know that you said your kids have always known you as an administrator. How long have you been in this gig? Yeah, I've been an administrator here, a principal, head principal here for three years, but I've been in administration for 16. I've been a, uh, I started out as a high school um, assistant principal athletic director. I've been a middle school assistant principal. I've been a middle school head principal. I've served at district office and now I'm here as a high school principal. So you, I wanted the listeners to hear that because you really have been battling that kind of double bind of, of female leadership, motherhood, and all of that for quite a good long while. So you're, you're no spring chicken on this. You've got the seasoned veteran status there. Absolutely. So in terms of new beginnings, is there anything that you would say in your career that kind of stuck out? I know you have this most recent one and it's sometimes we just live in that kind of frenetic pace and we forget about all of the other great experiences we have. Since you're a professional new beginner, what would you say to the listeners if they're looking to leap into a new position? Is there any advice you would give or um, tips or tricks that you learned along the way in terms of getting into a new community or a new position? I think the main thing I would tell you is just, it's okay to be yourself and don't change that. And what I mean by that is just to kind of give you a snippet of my current position is that I've been here for three years now. This is, well, this is the start of my third year, so two and a half. And I followed a a male administrator who had been there for 18 years. So that's almost two decades. (laughs) So if you can imagine, I walked into a position where I had a lot of darts thrown at me. Um, And I really could have questioned myself as a leader, you know, and if I was even right for this job, but I truly did not waver from who I am. 
or what I believe the school needed. And I think consistency is also key. I just stayed consistent with who I was. I think people were unsure of my motives, um, unsure of who I was, and I stayed the course. And it was okay. I was okay with that. I knew I was. I knew that I was prepared for this position. They had to adjust to me, but I could have just as easily adjusted for them. I could have adjusted to make it more comfortable and easy for me to kind of fit in, but I really didn't want to change who I was. So I really had to be strong through vulnerability. Um, I had to, to remain confident, even in times where I did feel confident. There were definitely days where I, I mean, you knew, you were kind of with me on this journey. It was, it, it took a toll on me, but I think I still stayed true to who I was. And I would say that my faith had a really big part in that time of carrying me through. Thank goodness for faith. I think you just have to remember who you are and and stay consistent and remember that you're okay. And I would thank you for the words of wisdom that you jumped into there because it is so important as women in leadership. And I would say that can easily translate to men too. You know, if you have a particular leadership style and it is not what the norm has been, but you know, it's what's right. It really does create kind of this dissonance. Um, But it has been beautiful to watch you grow through that, to sit in vulnerability, to rumble through it all truly, and to come out saying, I'm not going to change and I'm going to continue to be who I am has just absolutely been inspiring. Absolutely. Thank you. And it's not little because (laughs) when you're in a system where you're the leader and people are looking to you and you just keep dripping and dripping and dripping, the bucket gets full eventually, but it sure does take a lot of time and energy. It does. It takes a lot of time and energy and you will doubt yourself. And, you know, I've had to um, make sure that I remember that sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Yay, Brené Brown. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I love that. And, and but I, you know, I feel like as a female in leadership, I have to really make sure that I'm not defeated. You know, failure is not an option for me because I feel like I do have a great responsibility for women in leadership for even our, you know, I have high school girls here and I want them to see a strong female leader as well. Be the time to just mention this. The current data shows us that 20% of women are in the positions that you're holding right now that, you know, say middle level management, but we still only have less than 4% at the highest levels. And so it is really critical that powerful, strong, competent, consistent, caring leaders do continue forward. And so I really value and appreciate what you just said, because it's not just the modeling, it's actually making it happen. And that's not to say that men aren't great leaders, but we know that we all need more models. We also know from a lot of that research that that organizations that are led with um, female leadership styles thrive. And so I have no doubts that you are making an impact not only in your community, but you make it widely. And as I'm so glad to share you with the in awe listeners because your message is it's really important. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Just a question about you had mentioned your faith. So I don't want to walk away from that. But I think it's kind of since you dropped it in here, important to mention that that's another thing that I've had the 
pleasure of seeing grow, not only with you, but also within our, our little community that we have on Voxer where we got connected. And I would say that we've kind of all learned that it's really through those really challenging trials when your faith becomes strong again. So do you want to speak to that at all? You know, I just, I think I've always been a very spiritual, very, very faithful person, especially uh, when I was growing up. And I think that I lost sight of it a little bit as I was raising kids. I am not one that has raised my kids in the church. You know, they've done the, the, uh, baptism and things like that, that I really truly not raised my children um, in the church. I will say that as a a young kid, um, my mom was the one that took me to church, but I also took myself because there was something about it that I needed in my life that gave me some calm and some peace. And I was involved in things like Young Life and my um, youth group. And that part had really been missing from me for a long time. And so I currently am with um, a, a new man in my life, Rod, and he's very strong in his faith. And it really brought me back to, oh my gosh, I really need this in my life. And I think because of all the kind of trials and uh, things that I went through the past couple of years, it brought me closer to my faith. And it's just been kind of a remarkable journey. And I'm really much more able to find peace. I do, you know, devotions in the morning. Um, I'm, I go to church every Sunday and just really kind of replenish my soul. I pray for my family. I pray for people in my school. I pray for my students. I, I'm just constantly kind of revisiting um, how I can be a better person every single week. And it has gotten me through. I mean, I've just had, I, I think to myself sometimes, how do people make it without any faith at all? Because I don't know that I would have. It was it was so impactful for me. Well, and I can really appreciate that you are willing to say that it's not always been like that. And you've just been really putting the work in to re-engage and it's brought you plenty of fruit. So that's really great to hear. Mm -hmm. If you had a chance uh, to make a difference in the life of all young women, and I think it's really important that we hear this from you, Kristen, because I think you have a really great message. What do you, what would you enact for them? What, what would you do for young women if you had that chance? I see a lot of barriers for, for young women still. I think we've made a lot of growth, but I still see the barriers and I still experience the barriers, even as an almost 47-year-old woman. And again, I kind of talked about that responsibility piece that I feel like I have a big responsibility to be a, a, women, a woman in leadership that I hope can make, make a difference. And I truly love hiring and empowering women any chance I can, you know, because one of the things that I find so interesting is that I feel like women can be our own worst enemies. And I can't understand why we aren't lifting each other up more and celebrating successful, strong women as much as we can. I think sometimes, and I think we've all been at fault at one point in our life. I mean, I know we've even had discussions on our Voxer group that maybe we've let jealousy or intimidations or our own feelings of inadequacy get in our way. But I truly feel like if, you know, my success comes from other women's success, I'm going to do whatever I can to help create strong women. And I feel like my best example of that is my daughter. Let's hear about Kenzie. 
Oh my gosh, the the she's nineteen and she's one of the strongest young women I know. She's very self aware. She's very confident. I never had girl trauma drama with her. She speaks her mind. She, you know, she's always out for the underdog. She's okay with who she is. She's okay with her body. Um, she talks a lot about her thick thighs and her her big booty, and she's just like, I love my body. I mean, what? girl, you know, is like, I love my body. I think I'm pretty great, you know, and not to say that she hasn't had ups and downs, of course, but I hope that what I, I feel like I've had a small part in that as her mother, um, you know, maybe it's just who she is naturally, but I hope that what I've done with her, I can also do with other females in my professional life. I'm not intimidated by strong women. Um, in fact, I hired an assistant principal this year that is really a strong woman. And, you know, I have just as much to offer her as she does me. It's her first year in an administration. And I just, I just feel this tremendous responsibility to bring out the success of women. And I value that so much and have gained from your mindset in the small group that we've been able to grow together. And I know every single one of the women in that group are thankful for your leadership in starting it and for continuing because what you just said is critical. We rise by lifting others. We become better together. This I think it's a, I gotta be honest, I think it's a stereotype. I've definitely experienced that in kind of moving into this space of amplifying women. We're still, we're really uncomfortable with dividing genders. And and I, I know there's good reason for that, but I do believe that it's the silent or the, the louder minority, the silent majority situation where I've encountered way more supportive women, but we tend to focus on that negative because that's, it hurts us. And it's that feeling that we have, but we really have, a a high capacity. And I think I quoted that here in the origin that women do have a high, a strong capacity to lift one another and be champions for one another. And I'm so thankful that your powerful voice is out there and that you are living this. It's so critical. We got to remove that stereotype too, that women are out for one another. Yes, I totally agree. And we're not, we've got to champion one another. More than ever, I would say, and I, I feel the call to say this out loud. I think we're in a time in the United States in our particular time right now that we need to be supportive of one another and bring one another to the table and amplify the voices because of this real icky kind of rhetoric that we keep seeing and the normalizing that is happening of absolutely Mm -hmm. marginalizing not women only, but, you know, diversity in general. So thank you for being a warrior out there. It's awesome. Do what I can, sister. Yes. And especially by being on here, because I know that uh, for the listeners, Kristen wasn't super confident that she had a lot of great things to say, but I finding myself not wanting to cut off the interview. <laughs> I'm really inspired by your work in a lot of different areas, but I think this would get to when I ask you the question about a cause you support, I can't wait for you to talk about it because it's a huge part of you. 
It is a huge part of me. Um, a cause that I support is the LGBTQ community. You share for listeners what that stands for if they haven't heard of that. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transgender questioning is what that stands for. And, you know, this all started back when I was a principal at middle school. And I had three students in particular that uh, I knew were struggling with their sexuality. And I kept thinking to myself, oh, I don't have anybody to call to help them. Like, you know, if somebody's abused or something's happening in their home, we have like resources. And I kept thinking to myself, what resource do I use for these kids? And that prompted my work with my, I I received my doctorate about four or five years ago. I can't even remember now. I lost track of all time. But I, I wrote a handbook on how administrators can provide positive supports for students. Cause I thought if I'm curious, if I'm not sure, Surely others aren't sure. And I wrote a handbook for how to provide supports for those students. I am so in love with this part of your story because you just swept over the fact that you're full-time working mom, got a doctorate, and that you spent time (laughs) working in a cause because you saw a need. And it's just such a beautiful reflection of you, Kristen, because... I think that I know I was in the same situation as you and I so appreciate that you can contribute to that skill set. And of course, now you being a person who's paved ways and all of that, we have more supports, but still continue to need guidance on that. Right, right. So really the support that I, I really love is, is GLSEN, which is the uh, Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. It's just, it's a fantastic resource for administrators, for anybody who might be a parent, anything. Um, it's a wonderful resource. They do national uh, surveys every couple of years to really give you the ins and outs of what these uh, students are going through. It's awesome. I will be linking that in the show notes for listeners. Wonderful. So would you point us to another person or people on social media with whom you think we should connect? Absolutely. I I had a couple here that I thought about, but, you know, at our state level, I'm in the state of Kansas and we have a wonderful Kansas commissioner. His name's Randy Watson. And I think if you follow him, he's um, at Kansas commissioner. He's just wonderful as far as really thinking about schools differently and redesigning schools. And, you know, locally, I thought of... um, Diane Smokorowski, everybody calls her Smoke. Um, she's a Kansas, she, yeah, she's she's awesome. She's a Kansas Teacher of the Year for 2013, and she's just a wonderful person to connect with. Uh, you can just learn tons from her. And on a national level, I love John Gordon. I love his work, um, his whole mindset around being positive. That you know, just he's he's amazing, and he has so many great books that I, I love to read, and I I love his his tweets every day. Yes, a wonderful recommendation on all levels. Thank you for splitting it up like that. Any recommendations for a podcast? <laughs> well, this one is kind of a personal podcast right now. Um, I am listening to a podcast called Fit and Fat. And it's about losing 100 pounds. Now, I don't have 100 pounds to lose, but I think we can all relate as women that at times we are trying to find a way to become more healthy. And, you know, with as busy as I am, sometimes my health and putting myself first does not always happen. And she is hysterical, but you have to be okay with some foul language because she does not mince words and you're going to hear it's explicit lyrics is what it says on the podcast. But man, she is down to the nitty gritty and I laugh, but I gain so much knowledge from her that it is really making me rethink how to incorporate health 
and it, you know, like she says, my favorite line is, you're not going to go from Big Mac, you know, to broccoli for the rest of your life. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you get me, girl, you get me. Love it. And for the listeners, that's uh, fit and fat with a PH. PH with a PH. (laughs) I'll also link that in the show notes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Kristen, before I ask you to share how to get a hold of you, I wanted to share a quote that seems to be pretty indicative of you. And it's this idea that we should be more of a thermostat and less of a thermometer. So don't adapt to the energy in the room influence the energy in the room. And I just want to prop you up a little bit and say that I'm so thankful that you are that person that strives to be that individual and that leader. And there's so much to be gained by hearing your story. Oh, I like that quote. Thank you. Yeah. So go ahead and tell the listeners, how can they get in touch with you? Well, you know, I do have a Twitter account. You can find me at AHSPrincipal385, both on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same. Um, I'm on Voxer under Dr. Coolman, And I have two N's in Coolman, And then Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Kristen Coolman. I'm always happy to connect. Yep. And that is the truth. And so thank you again, Kristen. It's been awesome to have you. And we appreciate your story on New Beginnings and all of the value that you've brought to our lives today in this awe-inspiring interview. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm just, I'm truly honored to be a part of it. I love what you're doing. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the In Awe Podcast. We rise by lifting others, so please consider amplifying this story by subscribing to the In Awe Podcast and by rating and sharing this episode so masses can be in awe of our guest.